exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Spartan Sports Wrap. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. I am your host, as usual, every Monday, Alex Sharg. And to my left usually is a guy named David DeFever, but this week David is out, out and about, that is. I think he's still working for Spartan Vision. But this week is just me, a huge lineup, a ridiculous weekend uh, in, in the in the city of Detroit and even East Lansing in general. Uh, thanks for those who have already tweeted in for the question of the week. If you are just tuning in and if it, if it is your first time listening, this is how it works. You tweet in what you think the correct answer to our question of the week is. And if you get that correctly, if you know the answer to the question of the week, you have the potential to win a future prize. And this week, we'd like to thank Peter Pitt for their continued support of the impact. You had the chance to win a gift certificate to Peter Pitt. Um, if you want to know how much that is, you need to call 517-432-3893. Feel free to call at any point during the show or feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. Again, the Twitter name, at 89FM Sports Rap. If you know the answer to our question of the week, if you want to if you want to tweet in what you think it is, or even call in, feel free to call at any point during the show. You should do that, and maybe you might be able to win some PETA bucks. How it works, there are many tweeters, many callers during the show, so it's hard to pick a winner. It's hard to pick the first person, whoever, whoever gets it first. A shout-out to Aaron Jordan, who already is tweeting in, but whoever, whoever tweets to it first... Um, you, you, it's going to be very difficult. So, uh, you, you we're going to do a, a random number on the show. We're probably going to pick a random number at the end. We will announce if you are the winner, uh, it's going to be anywhere from numbers one through 10. So we will see at the end of the show with either calling or tweeting in. If you get the answer correctly, again, the question, when was the last time MSU football lost a home game before the Notre Dame loss? So, you know, Notre Dame came into Spartan Stadium and whipped the Spartans. That that was a hard game to see. Before then, when was the last time this team lost at home? If you know the answer to that question, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or call in at any point during the show. 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. Uh, it's amazing. Where to start this week? There's so much that has gone on with all Detroit sports, all MSU sports. But if it is your first time listening, I do want you to understand that we do have listeners all over the country, from San Jose State University all the way down to Miami, Florida, and even Israel. We at the Spartan Sports Rep have listeners all over the world, and we want to thank you for your continued support. And in future weeks, you're going to want to keep tuning in because we'll have more guests, more questions, and etc. But to start off the show, I do want to talk about our very own Chad Johnson, and because each week we have our Ocho Zero segment, this guy really has became a zero. He even admitted this past week he, re- he literally lost everything. But this week, Chad Johnson is in the media once again. This really will not stop, and I will keep talking about it until this really stops. Uh, basically, if you, if you are not aware of the Chad Johnson situation, Chad Johnson, about a month and a half ago, gets cut by the, Miami, by the Miami Dolphins. Then he has a domestic abuse case because of headbutting his own wife. He then takes out a mortgage and has a foreclosure warning on his properties. Then he has his reality TV show that gets cut. 
His wife divorces him and many more things to follow. And this week, it's even better. Chad Johnson admitting in in an NFL interview, an NFL TV interview, that Chad Johnson is in the process of getting into anger management classes. He says this, quote, I'm taking classes. I'm trying to find out how I can channel my anger when I'm in situations to where I would pop off. How can I diffuse those situations? End quote. So Chad Johnson, a little humble here. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, this guy has obviously been a loud guy in the media. And, and now, I, I mean, it looks to see it looks to seem to me that he's trying to do the best he can to get back to where he was. But what's very puzzling to me is Maggie Hendricks from Yahoo Sports published an article. Uh, this came out uh, within the hour that the unemployed Chad Johnson, after being cut from the Miami Dolphins, drops $300,000 on a new car. This car was a Lamborghini Aventador. Uh, this is a $300,000 car. He, he tweeted, loving my new toy. Uh, he looks to be not too taken back by all his mishaps after being caught. No job foreclosures. He goes out and buys a $300,000 car. So uh, Chad Johnson, uh, to you, uh, good for you, man. I mean, if you're, if you're still out there getting your cars and everything, uh, that's great. Uh, but even Evelyn Lozada, Lozada who, who was his, his past mistress, came out uh, this this morning and talked about how this wasn't the first time that Chad Johnson has blown up on her. He's been in the news you know, weeks before that. They've had fights a lot previously. Uh, she confessed that you know she suspected on Chad Johnson cheating on him even before the marriage started. Uh, basically, th- this whole drama-filled experience from TMZ all the way to MTV Uh, It just never gets enough from me. So when Chad Johnson stops getting put in the media, I will stop talking about it. But if you want to call in or or tweet or comment on anything we've talked about so far, 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. Chad Johnson, what do you suggest for a guy like him? What is your suggestion for Chad Johnson to to really stop talking? And and even more so, what I want to ask the listeners is, is what's next? What do you think, if you had to pick anything, what would happen next to Chad Johnson right about now? It can be anything. It could be from signing on to a new NFL team. What if Chad Johnson got a new contract today just for the media? You know, we've seen teams such as the Roger Clemens situation. We see we see the Houston Astros trying to get him back involved, you know, trying to get more fans in the seats for that last place team. We've seen all kinds of stunts in the media. Uh, I don't want to make this into a, a like Mike possibility where they, they, they take a kid and put him on a team, but... Honestly, this this situation has just gotten so far out of hand, and, and it's really interesting because you never really know what happens next for a guy named Chad Johnson. Uh, 517-432-3893 is the number, as usual. Talking about a little bit later on the show, uh, special guest of the day, uh, a new guest every week if you are just tuning in, and if it is your first time you know, listening to the show, we do have a special guest each week. Uh, this week, I'm very excited to announce that Rob Wise, ESPN Detroit Radio's producer on 1090, is going to be with us within the next 10 minutes or so. Excited to have him on the show. Met him in the press box this past week. Uh, Rob Wise, obviously, doing big things because ESPN Radio has just expanded into the Detroit market. Obviously, uh, for those who have 
been experienced with ESPN. You've seen ESPN Knoxville. You've seen ESPN Chicago. And now there's ESPN Detroit Radio. So very excited to talk about Rob Wise and what they're trying to work on with that station over there at 1090. Coming up also later in the show, to cap it off, we do have our Goon of the Week. This week's Goon is pretty hilarious. Uh, it's not, you know, last week, it's very tough to follow. Last week's Goon, um, you know, being, you know, Gary Bettman, that was probably the biggest Goon we've had so far this year, canceling hockey himself. Uh, but this Goon this week is pretty hilarious. Uh, it's not, it doesn't affect too many people, but I'd definitely say it affects uh, that definitely it affects one team in particular. So we'll get to that at 7.55. Line up for today. 7.15, we're going to have Rob Wise. He's going to give his opinions on what's happened. 7.25, we're talking Detroit Red Wings. Jim DeVolano uh, was fined $250,000 for his comments recently made about the NHL lockout. We're going to talk about that at 7.25. 7.35, this Detroit Tiger team, keep losing, keep losing, keep losing. Seems to be the theme and Chicago White Sox doing us the favor here and keep dropping five in a row now. They've lost five straight. They also do have a very tough schedule playing the LA Angels. And in the future weeks, they got they got two series against Cleveland. And they do have a series against the Tampa Bay Rays also fighting for a wild card berth. So that's going to be a tough schedule for Chicago. And hopefully uh, it could benefit this Detroit Tiger team. We'll get to that at 735, 740. Our man Elmo from Detroit, our regular caller, calls in at 7:40, giving his take uh, on on the Lions game that this past weekend displayed. Uh, it was a circus show. Uh, so much going on. Uh, we're gonna ask Elmo what was the best Lions game he's ever seen uh, off his experience. So we'll get to that later at 7:40, and then of course capping off the goon of the week at 7:55. But to start off the show before Rob Wise calls in, I do want to talk about. MSU football this past weekend. They did beat Eastern Michigan 23-7. to Just a quick recap here before getting into questions and debates. Uh, Le'Veon Bell capping off a big day, 253 on the ground, uh, 36 carries. Maxwell only 31 yards passing at the end of the first half. So Andrew Maxwell, uh, it was... Basically, compared to to you know to past weeks, this week was a lot different for this guy. And what seemed to be an uphill you know an uphill you know an uphill slope for this MSU quarterback situation. The past two games, Notre Dame now EMU, uh, you know they did score 23 points, but it was against Eastern Michigan. Uh, and then Notre Dame only three points on the board, no touchdowns. It seems to be that Maxwell's getting a little bit more shaky when he really should be getting a lot better. Uh, the defensive backs in this game, they looked a lot better than what they did against Notre Dame. No deep balls really allowed in the game. They did allow one uh, that was based off a play call. Uh, several zone defenses when uh, no, then uh, EMU receiver split the seams. There was a there was a tremendous catch actually by one of the Eastern receivers over Darquez Denard and Johnny Adams, but uh, that really wasn't you know too much of an impact for this team. Uh, also to comment on the game uh, after the after the game after that EMU game this past weekend, D'Antonio came up to the press conferences and would not answer anybody's questions. Uh, many reporters and many journalists uh, asked him questions about injuries with the team, the updates on Fofanuti. Uh, you know, for those of you listening, Fofanuti out six weeks now, so we're going to talk about you know, the impact that had in the game. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's interesting to see, you know, uh, how much this team continues to struggle. So I asked the question for the listeners, and feel free to tweet or call in at any point during the show. And remember, 
our question of the week. When was the last time MSU lost a game at home before the Notre Dame game? If you know the answer to that question, you need to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap or feel free to call in as usual. 517-432-3893. Again, PETA Buck gives certificates today. Uh, we cannot wait to see uh, who's going to get that correctly. We already have Aaron Jordan uh, tweeting in about his prediction. Uh, and he it's looking good so far. He is the only one that has tweeted in so far. But we do have a random number of callers. So if you do know the answer, you do want to tweet or call in. So before I get to my buddy Rob Wise, who's on the other line, I want to ask the question to the listeners. And feel free to call in at any point during the show. This team, after beating EMU 23-7, to they did get the win. I mean, sure, a win, a win is a win. And there was some bad play calling, debatably, from each of the coaches. But I asked the question, is there a lot of tension going on with this team right now? After seeing all the coaches during interviews declining, declining all comments, D'Antonio not answering any straight-up question, uh, it seems to be that this team is facing a lot of adversity right now. So what is this adversity, if you, if you do think there is some, and what is the overall tension right now with this team? If you do want to comment on that, 517-432-3893 is the number, or feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap, again, at 89FM Sports Rap. But I do want to get to our buddy Rob Wise, who was finally with us here from ESPN Detroit. Rob, tell me what's going on, uh, what's new with your station. I want to hear what's going on with the station right now. Uh, how's your day going? Next question. <laughs> oh, come on, Denton. Isn't, isn't that what they do in East Lansing these days? When you ask a question, you just defer to the next question. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, it, it seems to be the common theme right now. But uh, hey, Rob, uh, I appreciate you joining me on the Sports Wrap today. Uh, so much to talk about with an eventful weekend. Uh, I hope you don't give me a next question answer as well, because uh, I don't think the listeners would want to hear that. But. Uh, I just want to hear a lot of people, you know, are unaware of this ESPN Detroit, you know, expansion going on right now. Uh, what was the overall idea on, on, you know, the, on the creation of ESPN Detroit? Uh, did you see, uh, you know, a gap in the market that you can make your way in? And, and tell me, really, the overall, the overall ideas and what's going on. Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, ESPN obviously being the brand name that it is, um, they try to put. ESPN affiliates in every major market possible, and Detroit has been lacking an ESPN affiliate for eight years. There hasn't been right. a full-time ESPN affiliate here in eight years. Um, and so Brock Broadcasting Company, which is the parent company of our affiliate, um, saw the need for some c- competitiveness in what is a pretty monopolized sports radio market in the city of Detroit. Obviously, mm-hmm. we only have one big sports radio station. Um, so there was definitely a need for some competition, definitely a need for some different points of view. And, yeah. and what we see as a full-time sports network, not not something that, you know, often defers to other topics when there are big sports topics to talk about. Sure. Now, i got to ask, what was the reason on delaying this creation, you know, for eight whole years of a Detroit market? Well, I think most of it's just uh, willingness and, and cash flow, to be completely honest. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, when uh, affiliates are created, we're not actually directly owned by ESPN. Uh, we are affiliated with them. We carry the, the call letters in the, in the city of Detroit. We are the flagship right, for them. Right. But really what it takes is somebody dedicated in the market to making it work. Mm-hmm. And, and in the Detroit area, there just really hasn't been uh, with the success of, obviously, that other aforementioned sports station. Um, you know, there really just wasn't anybody willing to spend the money and take a risk on, on putting an ESPN affiliate here in Detroit. Um, we've done that, and, and we're on the right track, and we feel like we're doing a good thing. Um, and, and we're very early in the process, but we're feeling good so far. Oh, great to hear. Also, Rob, I got to ask, 
what are what is really going to attract these listeners from hearing you know a next question? No one wants to go on you know to the only you know big sports radio station in Detroit and hear you know something very common, something that's already been done. What does ESPN 1090 offer that you know you're not going to hear from Ticket or anywhere else? Uh, well, I think ESPN 1090 offers um, uh, strictly sports. That's what we focus on here every mm-hmm. day. You're not going to hear filler. You're not going to hear a four-hour show where we repeat ourselves at every segment. You're not going to hear those things here, and I think that that sets us apart from other sports stations in this market. Our shows are... No, no, it sure does. Yeah, I mean, our shows are only two hours long right now. They're expanding to three hours here uh, shortly. You also get your sports center updates. So we're a good mix of national and local sports, obviously. We carry Mike and Mike in the morning, um, which is a national show, which to me is already the best morning show on the Detroit market as far as sports are concerned, for sure. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're into sports, ESPN is, is the brand in sports. You know, there is mm-hmm. no question about that. Oh, absolutely. Now, since ESPN is that name brand, ESPN was at that MSU versus Notre Dame game in the lights. Not very good to watch. Uh, I want to ask you, Rob, you were at the game with me. Uh, what were your thoughts on this team as a Rose Bowl contender after dropping to Notre Dame? We've seen Maxwell now two straight games, not looking that great. Uh, is this still a Rose Bowl contender? And if not Michigan State, what other Big Ten teams in the Leaders and Legends divisions are you looking at? Well, I certainly think uh, Michigan State uh, has to get their act together in a hurry in order to be competitive in the Big Ten. However, I haven't been particularly impressed with anybody in the Big Ten, to be honest. It's been a real struggle for the Big Ten so far this year. Michigan has struggled. Michigan State has struggled. Really the best team right now, most people would say, is probably Ohio State. But, yeah. you know, their eligibility is the question, not actually how good they are. You know what I mean? So, sure. um you know, to me, Michigan State obviously still has that opportunity. Andrew Maxwell is going through a lot of growing pains, and I think, um, I, I think no matter what he says, he's definitely living in Kirk Cousins' shadow. He's trying mm-hmm. to do a little bit too much. Um, you know, I of course I believe they have a chance to be in the Rose Bowl. Um, they haven't even played a conference game yet, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Uh, but you know, Michigan is going to be in that mix. I still believe that. Uh, you know, they've struggled, and Denard Robinson has struggled, but, yeah. you know, he's he's played better than that in the past. Obviously, Ohio State, to me, is hands down the best team in the Big Ten, but I'm still looking at Nebraska and Wisconsin, the teams that everybody thought was going to be at the yeah. head of this uh, Big Ten, because they haven't even played a Big Ten game yet, and I'm kind of reserving Big Ten judgment until the Big Ten season actually opens. Huh. I like that. No, I like that judgment call by you. Uh, I also, speaking of Michigan, you know, we've seen – Denard throw five interceptions, not looking like a quarterback that we thought we would see at the start of the year. Uh, is there an excuse for his throwing five interceptions? Does does Michigan want to take a look at Devin Gardner, or are they, uh, or any other backup behind him, or, or what? What, well, are your, what is the sense for this guy with with this guy right now? Well, they've made it very clear that Devin Gardner is not an option at, mm-hmm. at this point. Devin Gardner has moved up the up the receiving uh, the receiver depth chart, and he's actually moved down in the quarterback depth chart. So he's not even listed as the backup quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. Russell Bellamy is listed as the backup. So you're not going to see Devin Gardner. Anybody who thinks you're going to see Devin Gardner this season as a quarterback is is lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, I don't think you'll ever see Devin Gardner play quarterback at Michigan. I think that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. Is there an excuse for Denard Robinson throwing five interceptions? Absolutely not. He's been terrible. I'm not afraid to say that out loud. He's been awful. I think he would tell you he hasn't played well. He's a nice guy, good kid, goes to class, does the things the right way, handles himself in the proper fashion. But he's been a terrible quarterback. There's no doubt about that this season. And and the age-old adage in Ann Arbor right now for the last four seasons has been, as Denard Robinson goes, 
so will the University of Michigan. And, of course, that's got to have them in a little bit of a panic. Uh, but I don't think their game planning has been that great. The coaching staff is not without some blame here. But Denard Robinson needs to make better decisions because that is what makes him okay as a quarterback, his decision-making. And right now, you know, with his lack of a great throwing arm and his lack of, you know, great passing skills, if he can't make the right decisions, he doesn't belong back there. Um, so coming in, you know, they're off this week, obviously. We know that. Um, I, look, they're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time with yeah. Bernard Robinson in, before two Saturdays from now. And believe me, they will be ready for their Big Ten opener. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, that remains to be seen. I guess we'll see with that. I want to focus now, Rob, on th- this quarterback theme that we've seen within Michigan, Michigan State, and even the Detroit Lions. But, but going back to Cousins for, I mean, to, to Andrew Maxwell, excuse me for a second here, uh, we've seen him really struggle in recent weeks. Uh, he has been really in Kirk Cousins' shadows. Uh, argue, you know, that's an argument to make. But uh, uh, are you worried about this guy a little bit? Uh, I mean, do you see? You know, is it more of the receivers' faults of, of the drop balls we've seen from Sims and, and Mumphrey and even Lippitt uh, in, in past weeks, or is this more on? Is this going to get better over time, or what do you see here? Look, I certainly think Andrew Maxwell has all the tools to to be a successful quarterback at Michigan State. I don't think that that's a doubt. I think mentally he's probably not in the right place. He's in a no-win situation. He could not be Kirk Cousins. And, um, you know, from the very first day he answered his first question in the spring to then media day to, you know, he struggled coming out even though they won against Boise State. I mean, even when they win, the guy is under the radar, and I don't think he's used to that. And as much as you can say you are, you're not. And, and he's not Kirk Cousins, so people should stop expecting that. He's not going to be the same player as Kirk Cousins. In fact, you may not, he may not even be the best, the most talented quarterback on that team right now. But the fact is this. Andrew Maxwell is your quarterback. The receivers haven't done him any favors mm-hmm. at all. And, and that's, that, those are the facts. Those receivers have let him down just as much as people as he's let other people down. So, yeah. I mean, I think the offense as a whole is – has struggled, and I think, honestly, that offensive line deserves a lot of the blame. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be the veteran group coming back, the rock of that team, and they have let a lot of people down, myself included. uh, You know, the the up front and the secondary were supposed to be the best two parts of that team coming back, and those were something that the whole team was built around, and both of those units have looked suspect at times this season already. Yeah, no, and and with Fofa Nudy out, Rob, uh, is that that big of a loss for that up front unit, or is there more expectations from a Chris McDonald or you know other guys on that line? Well, I mean, I think guys like McDonald were supposed to be able to step right in and take over. You know, when you heard about Michigan State's offensive line, the thing you heard was like they're like Alabama's defense. You know, you just plug a player in; they're that good, they're that deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that they're not as deep as we thought they were. You know what I mean? I'm not saying McDonald is not an okay player, but. He, you know, he is not filling in that role like he should be. And obviously, anytime you lose a player um, on your offensive line, it is a big deal. Those guys communicate with each other. They practice together every day. And, and that's just how it is. It's like putting a backup quarterback in. The signals are different. Yeah. <laughs> the speed of the game is different. It's just not the same um, as you think it is. It's definitely a big adjustment. All right, Rob. All right, a last question I want to ask you about this Detroit Lions team. We saw a circus show. Uh, I don't really know what else to put that game, but uh, we saw Stafford go down. We saw bad play calls. We've seen blown calls by referees. Uh, but overall, I want to you know take the focus out of what went wrong during that game and, and focus more on 
what's been going on with Matthew Stafford because, you know, besides the fact that his health, we saw Hill go in there and do a pretty decent job. Uh, are you looking at that health as, you know, a big scare or would you be fine with even giving Hill more of a, you know, an active role with that team? Uh, no, I think Matt Stafford is the guy. That's, that's absolutely true. And I, I think in week one against St. Louis, you saw him come out. Uh, I was there and you saw him kind of try to air the ball out and it didn't go his way. And ever since he threw those three picks against St. Louis, he's been very, very pensive. Mm-hmm. He hasn't looked like Matt Stafford. He's not taking the chances that Matt Stafford normally takes. Right. And it's because he came under a lot of heat after the first week. You know what I mean? He made the St. Louis Rams defense look like the best defense in football. You know, mm-hmm. he was throwing it right to him. And, and it was super easy to put Mike, uh, I mean, Matthew Stafford under a microscope. You know what I mean? Yeah. But going forward, health, health concerns me with Stafford as it concerns everybody. Am I worried? No, because I think actually maybe taking a week off and having Sean Hill be in there and then seeing him, you know, they have a bye week uh, next week, obviously, after this uh, Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. If he's able to, to get himself right, he is the quarterback of this team. But at this point, maybe it's right for Sean Hill the veteran guy, the decision-maker, to play this week, let Stafford become 100%, get his confidence back, and then play from there. There is no quarterback controversy here. Matthew Stafford is the guy. But they need to make sure he's right before he steps back on the field again. All right, fair enough. And, and Rob, you know, with Matthew Stafford, you know, he's got to get back to that rhythm. We saw Mikel Shore go in his first game, rack up 100 yards. He's, he looked pretty good. Uh, are they going to focus more on giving him more carries in the next game? You know, to to well, wait till t- till Stafford comes back. Or no, actually, if you ask me, the the problem with this team this season hasn't even been so much Matt Stafford. It's been the chances that they've been taking. They've been running the ball too much. This is not a running back driven team. We all knew that coming in. We expected to see like the St. Louis Rams in two thousand. You know, the greatest show on turf. One of those situations. We haven't seen that. They've been very dedicated to the running game and, and almost to a fault. Look at where it's gotten them so far. First and second down, you're running the ball, then you're in a third and six, third and seven situation, <laughs> right. and you do a little dump pass that only gets four yards. To me, time to go back to the drawing board, throw the, throw the ball around, use all the receivers you have. Ryan Broyles, you drafted him in the second round. You're not using him the way you're supposed to be using him. It's an absolute disgrace with the game plan, the way it's been the first couple of weeks. And it's time to get back to what the Detroit Lions do best. It, you know, if you want to practice your running game, do that in the preseason, do that in the offseason. But weeks one, two, and three, now we're one and two. Not the time to try to work out your running game. It's just not. There you have it. ESPN Detroit radio producer Rob Wise joining us on the air if you're just tuning in. Rob, I appreciate you having on the show. Uh, please, I mean, the questions keep on going. I don't want to hear no D'Antonio excuses anymore. Uh, I appreciate you coming on as usual. Uh, but, Rob, hey, uh, we'll see what happens in recent weeks. Uh, Last-minute predictions for Big Ten champ. You liking Ohio State Michigan State? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to go with Michigan State. I still think Michigan State is, is the team that's going to win the Big Ten title. I still fully believe that. I think that they will rise above everybody else in a pretty weak Big Ten to get that done. All right, fair enough. Rob, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, I hope to have you on in recent weeks. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Alex, appreciate it. Anytime you need me, brother, just let me know. Awesome. Talk to you soon, Rob. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, that was Rob Wise from ESPN Detroit, if you were just tuning in. And we actually do have a very special person now entering the studio. Uh, it's Aaron Jordan. He is actually now joining us on the Spartan Sports Rap team this upcoming year. It's good to have him. Aaron actually answered the question of the, cre- of the week correctly. So if you do know the answer to our question of the week, feel free to call in 517-432-3893 
or feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap. Again, at 89FM Sports Wrap. And the usual, how it works is there is a random person chosen to, whoever answers the question of the, que- of the week correctly, if you know the answer to the question of the week, we are going to choose a random winner at the end of the show. It's a special number that we have chosen beforehand uh, with everyone tweeting in and calling in. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the winner. So if you know the question, when was the last time MSU lost a game at home before Notre Dame? If you know that answer, feel free to tweet or call in at any point during the show. We're going to jump to a quick break here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sitter Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. Morning, gentlemen. Want to hear our specials? Sure. First, we have the seafood special. It's been sitting around here for a week. We're known around these parts for our food poisoning. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. It's called A1C, a simple blood test that can help measure your risk of complications such as heart attack. To find out more, go to www.diabetesa1c.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. And welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, and usually to my left is David DeFever uh, out this week. And now we have Aaron Jordan of Big Ten Network. Congratulations on your new job. Now Big Ten Network hockey play-by-play announcer, also Big Ten Network. Uh, you did uh, softball in the past, right? One game, yes. One game of softball. So, Aaron, great to have you on the show. Uh, we just got done recapping the MSU football game. Uh, basically, we asked the questions and if you're listening, feel free to call in at any point during the show. Uh, Adam, I pre- I, I'm sorry we, that we did not take your call. We did have Rob on the line. So if you know our question of the week or if you want to comment on any point during the show, always feel free to call in 517-432-3893. And our question of the week, when was the last time MSU lost a home football game since the Notre Dame lost this past? Uh, that was two weeks ago. So before Notre Dame's lost two weeks ago, when was the last time this team lost the game at home? If you know the answer, what year... Feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap or feel free to call in at any point during the show. So, Aaron, I've got to ask you this MSU game we just saw. Uh, a lot's been going on. Are you pleased with the win against EMU? There is a lot to look at and a lot of things that did not go right for this team. Uh, was it bad play calling? Or was it bad you know, playmaking abilities by the players? And is there an overall sense of tension right now with this team with avoiding questions all about? There has to be an absolute sense of tension, Alex, um, and no, I'm not happy with the win. Uh, we played, to be quite frank, atrociously in the first half. I, um, The receivers dropping balls left and right. Um, Mark D'Antonio had a right to be really upset about that. Um, 
they just they made Andrew Maxwell look his numbers look worse than he actually played. Um, I was actually talking to someone afterwards, and some of these receivers played on the team last year, and someone said. Kirk Cousins did not throw the ball as hard as Andrew Maxwell does, so that could be something that the receivers are getting used to. But still, when Andrew Maxwell is putting the ball right in the numbers, you've got to catch the ball. The defense, sure. the defense was holding Eastern pretty well. I mean, and with the fumble at their own twenty-yard line, the MSU twenty, you can't um, expect the defense. They gave the defense no chance on that play. So. I don't know what they expected from the defense at that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I do think that there is a lot of focus on that next game against Ohio State this upcoming weekend. It's going to be quite the contest. But I, I do want to ask, Le'Veon Bell coming back this week, another 200-yard gain, another you know Maxwell kind of list kind of game. Uh, you know, What is your thoughts on, on – I mean, we did have Rob Collin. He did say that he was most disappointed with this offensive line. Uh, with Chris McDonald, this was supposed to be a strong point. But for me, I'm going to say that Le'Veon Bell was really the strong point. I don't think it was really much of the offensive line to look at. But uh, uh, with Fofanuti out now, uh, what is your, you know, your, wh- what are you feeling that this offensive line needs to do from here on out? Are they playing pretty well? Is it more the offensive line not protecting Maxwell, or is it more that that rhythm getting with the receivers? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. A, a quarterback can't pass the ball if he's on the turf the whole time, and then. If his receivers don't catch the ball, they're not going to make the plays that you need. Um, like I said, the receivers just were not catching the ball, just bouncing off their hands. Right. You can't expect any plays to come out of that. And as well as Le'Veon Bell is playing, they can't lean on him like this the whole time. Uh, teams like Ohio State and more, how do we say this, competitive teams are going to be able to figure out a way to stop Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. So they've got to figure out a way to get it done in the passing game. Absolutely. For those of you just tuning in, Aaron Jordan finally getting a Big Ten Network hockey play-by-play job. Congratulations to him. Uh, if you do want to comment at any point during the show, 517-432-3893 is the number as usual. Uh, Aaron, switching subjects now, I do want to get into the news that broke this past week. Uh, it was pretty big news for this D- for this Detroit Red Wings team, especially especially with the lockout that's going on. The Detroit Red Wings have been fined uh, from the comments made by senior VP Jim DeVolano uh, about the lockout. Basically, De- Jim DeVolano came out and said this, quote, The owners can basically be viewed as the ranch, and the players, and me included, are the cattle. The owners own the ranch and allow the players to eat there. That's the way it always has been, and that... And that the way it will be forever. And the owners simply aren't going to let a union push them around. It's not going to happen. End quote. Aaron, uh, I got to ask you, a little silly, uh, uh, you're laughing there, yeah. Uh, but uh, I got to ask, are, are, just to start, are, are the players right or are the coaches right or is the union right? Just to start off. There's really no one right in this situation. The league does have enough money to where they can pay the players. They actually made more money last year than they had in, pre- in years before. So I don't really see why this lockout is taking so long. Um, Jim Devolano can't make those comments without expecting to get a fine. But it's an interesting analogy, and I feel like one that needed to be said because it's so true. The owners aren't going to let the union push them around. They're going to fight until they get their own way. And the players gave up enough in the 2004 lockout as is. 
I don't know what else they want from the players. They they could want some other things. I'll argue with you on that. But before we get into that, uh, was this an uncalled comment? Uh, I mean, personally, I love when guys, you know, are very opinionated, express their opinions. uh, But is it worth the $250,000? I'd I'd probably say no, frankly. But, uh, you know, do you, you know, do you encourage guys like this to, you know, with the lockout going on, does this... Does this, you know, fire up some people? Does this, you know, spread, you know, spreading the wealth thin? Uh, what do you make of the comment overall? Was, or was this overall just uncalled for? I don't think it was uncalled for the fact that Kenny Holland and Mike Illich really had no comment on the matter. Really kind of shows how just the possibly maybe the ridiculous ridiculousness of this fine really is. Um, you're not going to make comments against the league, against the owners, without expecting to get a fine. I mean, look at how many players, how many coaches have been fined for criticizing the league, criticizing the officials. So you're going to get a fine one way or another. But I feel like this is something that needed to be said because it's so true, like I yeah. said. No, sure. And obviously, you know, uh, the NHL, you know, do you, do you think that they were just upset with the comment and that's why the fine happened or... Because we've seen players, we've seen them cuss, we've seen them in the locker room say, you know, outlandish remarks about teammates, but, you know, this fine marked $250,000 when we've seen Datsuk, you know, in years past, you know, saying complaints and getting fined way less money. And, and you see Mike Babcock make comments like a call was as dumb as he'd ever seen. He didn't get fined at all for it. So I feel like that just given the situation, yeah, it was a bit of a retaliatory fine against Jim Davilano and against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, yeah, and that remains to be seen what will happen after this comment. So if you feel free to call in, 517-432-3893. Was this comment uncalled for? I want to know really you know, what you expect next from the NHL or even this Detroit Red Wing team. Is is there someone else that's going to make you know a new comment? And I do want to say, Alex Skinner, congratulations. Uh, you did answer the question of the week correctly. Uh, and also Aaron Jordan to my left answering correctly, and we do have some callers. So we will, at the end of the show, announce who got the question of the of the week correctly and what number, what number tweeter, what number caller. If you are the lucky person, keep tuning in, and you may win those pita bucks. So you want to stay tuned. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have our man Elmo from Detroit call in, talk about this Detroit Lions team and what happened in that circus show. Uh, but Aaron, before we get into Lion Talk, I do want to talk about the Detroit Tigers because week in, week out, I talk about Jim Leland needs to get the boot. I talk about, you know, how, how there are so many outfielders, yet they can't hit the ball. We talk about how much this pitching rotation can't be set. We talk about all the bad play calling that goes on with this team. Now, Aaron, what uh, I do want to talk to you because Drew Sharp wrote an article, you know, in the free press, and you know this sparked a lot of criticism because Drew Sharp came out and said Jim Leland should be the skipper for 2013, regardless what happens. If they make the playoffs or not, he should be the skipper. And basically what he focused on was that if they do fire Leland and they get a new guy at manager, overall, Drew Sharp predicts that the team would, well, even the fans, the whole you know support system for the Detroit Tigers would be much happier with Leland's bad mistakes and his overall, uh, what he brought, than what the mistakes entailed at the beginning. So what I mean by that is, is a new guy, you know, sure, the hope is that he will do better than Leland and he will drive the team. And the hope is that the reason the team isn't good this year is because of the coach. But Drew Sharp thinks that whatever coach replaces Leland, they will not do as good of a job. So what I want to ask, 
you, Aaron, is uh, what is your call on coaching? Because if they make the playoffs, and let's say they do make the playoffs, and they go past the first round, and they end up losing. You know, they lose the uh, you know the ALCS. Now, do you keep Leland after the season, or do you give him the boot? It really depends on who you can hire. Honestly, I feel like Leland is not going to get fired. He said that from the beginning. He'll know when his time is up. But if you can get a Terry Francona as a manager, I think you should possibly consider it. My my issue with Leland is he really kind of has a loyalty going on there. Ryan Rayburn batting sub 200 for the entire year, yet somehow he can, he's able to start when you've got other players who could possibly pre- be performing better, whether it's in their system or sitting on the bench, who aren't starting because of the loyalty to Ryan Rayburn and how Jim Leland does play the numbers game when it comes to pitching. But there's another way to look at this as well, and this is where I'm really on the fence about this, Alex. Um, If you fire Jim Leland, you could severely interrupt your team chemistry. And Jim, you remember in 2008 when the Tigers got... um, Dontrell Willis in the trade, granted he's gone now. Miguel Cabrera is still a huge part of that trade that's still here. Mm -hmm. They were horrible. They weren't even in the race for the playoffs that season. Leland keeps his job, and they slowly improve each year. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm wondering, with the addition of Prince Fielder and with Victor Martinez coming back next year, whether they think that injuries could have played a key key role in this, whether... Possibly Fielder coming in disrupted some of the chemistry that they had last year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Leland could possibly keep his job based off of that, and depending on how they do next year. The issue is, Terry Francona, a manager like him, may not be available because I'm sure there are several teams that will want a manager like him with two World Series on his resume. Yeah. Frankly, a manager I never thought should have been fired from the Boston Red Sox. It's one that I saw coming but one that I never thought he should have been fired. And Bobby Valentine, I don't think he ever should have been hired as the manager. All so. right. Aaron on the Terry Francona trade. Uh, for those of you tuning in, please feel free to call in. 517-432-3893. Are you on the Francona bandwagon? Do you keep Leland if it's an only t- Terry Francona cause? Or are you getting are you getting rid of Leland regardless? Or, uh, or do you sense a World Series for this team? Feel free to call in 517-432-3893 or feel free to tweet at 89FM Sportrap. And again, if you know our question of the week, if you want to win some Peter Bucks, you need to answer this question. When was the last time MSU lost a home football game before the Notre Dame loss? What year was the last year? We've had a couple guys answer it correctly so far. So if you're the lucky guy to get the answer correctly... You have the chance to win if you are the random number drawn. So keep tuning in, keep tweeting in if you know the answer to the question, or call in 517-432-3893. We do have Elmo coming up in a little bit. He's going to talk a little bit about this Detroit Lions team and uh, that that, that really interesting game this past weekend. Uh, But also, Aaron, i got to ask you, because I've been to a lot of games so far this season. I've seen this lineup inside out. Uh, I have an idea of what the ultimate lineup would be, the ultimate lineup to win games that I think they are most productive in. Uh, basically, we can come in agreement that Cabrera, Peralta, Infante, and Fielder will be those four. Uh, and even even Austin Jackson, of course, starting in mm-hmm. center now. I want to ask you, 
at the catcher position? Are you a Laird or are you are you an Avila guy? And who are you putting at left field and right field in DH day in and day out? Who is your ultimate lineup? You know to win and, and feel free to call in five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. But Aaron, I want to hear from you first. Who's your ultimate lineup? Now uh, I preface the statement by saying that I think uh, Delman Young should be gone at the end of the year. I've thought that from the beginning. He's not that good of an outfielder and he's really inconsistent mm-hmm. as a DH. But he's the only one who has been performing relatively well at the DH position, so he would be my designated hitter. In left field, I would have Quentin Berry. When he was starting every day, he was consistent. Once Andy Dirks came back and they started alternating in left field, that's when he really became inconsistent because he wasn't playing every day. Right field, Brennan Bosch. He started to improve slowly as the year has gone on. He had a really slow start at the beginning, yeah. but I've liked what I've seen from him towards the end. Now, now, where do you find Dirks in this situation? Do you look at, you know, Jim Leland loves playing that loyalty card. Are you putting Baker in there? Are you putting a Don Kelly? Or nah, no way. Not Baker, not Don Kelly for sure. Um, Don Kelly I can possibly see in late game situations, possibly yeah. as a pinch hitter or a pinch runner, but... Um, I'm not banking on that if the game's so, on the line. So, Andy Dirks, you're leaving the guy out. So why Bosch over Dirks or even why Barry over Dirks? Again, Quentin Barry has been really consistent this season. Andy Dirks has had injury problems, so we really haven't seen much from him. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I liked what I've seen from Bosch towards the end of the season. At the beginning, I thought he was atrocious. I was tweeting on my my own Twitter that, I thought he should be sent down mid-year, at least for some more development, uh, refine that hitting. Right. But towards he's come along. So I've liked what I've seen from him at the end of the year. Catcher position, that's a really tough question mm-hmm. for me. I'm thinking of Vila simply uh, from the age factor, but Gerald Laird hasn't been bad either. So right. I'm, I don't know what to say with that. And it's interesting. This is a guy who we picked up as a free agent looking for, you know, not the best numbers. We're not looking for 270 type numbers. And this year he's going on, you know, to hit even up to the 300. So, uh, you know, no one really expected this upward, you know, this upwards, you know, stoke from, from Gerald Laird. And, and defensively, who is the better catcher in your mind, or is it more that you're focusing on who can hit? I'm focusing more on who can hit, and I've and like Avila is inconsistent, but he can hit for power. We all know that. Defensively, the better catcher I'd have to say is Gerald Laird. He has a much better arm for um, picking off the steals. So, I mean, again, it's really a toss-up. That's what it's hard to say. I feel like the catcher position maybe is a little bit more important defensively than offensively. But it's just hard to say because this Tigers offense has been one that's lacking power a lot of ways, except for Prince Fielder and Miguel Cabrera. All right. Feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or feel free to call in 517-432-3893. What is your ultimate Detroit Tiger lineup? Who are you putting in there and why? Aaron Jordan himself, he likes, you know, he likes the defensive play with Jared Laird. He likes the power from Avila. Uh, he's leaving out Dirks out of the outfield, so if you've got your own opinion, you want to feel free and tweet or call in. Uh, before our man Elmo comes on, Aaron, I want to jump now to this Detroit Lion game. Uh, where do we start? Uh, let, why don't we start really with the end of the game uh, when they did go for the for the you know trying to get the first down on the fourth and one. You know the, the Dominic Royola drop fumble. 
and uh, they did not complete. Are you chipping the field goal in that situation? Was it a bad play call overall? Or I can't say overall going for it was a bad play call. I would have probably gone for it in that situation. Um, you got to go for a touchdown to win, and they were looking for a win. The secondary had been so sketchy against um, against Jake Locker yesterday, so I would have gone for the I'd have gone for the win as much as possible. Now, whether it was truly a miscommunication, which given what Riola said, I think it was, or whether it was a quarterback sneak, you don't want to have Sean Hill as a quarterback sneak. That's he's not the person that I would want to put in yeah, there. No, for that. I do see. You know, there's certain people in those situations, but. You know, with Stafford out, he was the only quarterback. He was. So uh, I do see why they, you know, they did go, they did let him do the quarterback sneak. But uh, are you running a halfback toss on that play? They really couldn't get the run game going later in the game. And a lot of carries from McElisher. He did back up 100 yards, but a lot of carries. It was tough on that defense. Uh, I do want to add also, it, what, is this one of the best Lions games you can remember? Although they did lose, is this one of the more, the more entertaining games you can remember? No doubt about it. Um, officiating really frustrated me throughout right, the game. I'll get right. to that a little later on. Um, but as far as that Hail Mary goes, I was I was in for my shift yesterday in that <laughs> studio right behind me. Um, Jumping up and down. And I, yeah, I was jumping up and down, and I almost missed the end of a song. Um, I hope Aaron Young's not listening right now. Don't want to get fired. I didn't miss the end of the song, by the way, Aaron, if you're listening. But um, yeah, I was jumping up and down. Uh, Dan Miller, the play-by-play guy for the Lions on the radio, was ecstatic. And it was just a great moment for me, because then I saw the play on my laptop. So I was really excited about that. Um, as far as what you asked earlier with what I would have ran there, I feel like possibly a run play is a little bit too predictable in that situation. I would have seen more possibly a short play-action pass because um, you fake the run, get the defensive line and even some of the backs, defensive backs to bite on it, and pass it because they don't really expect to pass in that situation. Not sure. Absolutely. And although they did not pass in that situation, you know, Sean Hill did come in. He did do a decent job with the Stafford injury. Uh, it remains to be seen what his health is. Jim Schwartz, you know, within this week did not tell the media what the status was. Even today, he did not say what Stafford's status was. Uh, but if Stafford's out this weekend, are you comfortable with Sean Hill? Uh, are, do you trust this guy as a backup QB or... Is he not really a, a good backup for that team? I trust Sean Hill as a backup quarterback. I mean, we saw what he did in 2010, um, and that was with a broken index finger and a broken forearm at one point. So I trust him as a backup quarterback. He's definitely an improvement over Dante Culpepper, although you can't get much worse than the way he played that season. <laughs> but I really think that Sean Hill will be a good start, a good backup for the team. He came in, as we said, and played admirably off the bench, and you really can't ask for more from your backup than that. Oh, absolutely. And with that, you know, with that play from that backup, uh, there's a lot more questions to go on with this game. I want to get to the defensive side of the ball when Stephen Tolak, I don't know if you saw the play, uh, when, when Titan guard Leroy Harris, he dove at Tolak's legs after the play was over. The whistle was already blown. Uh, did you catch the play? I did. And, you know, Tolok was very upset. The coach is very upset about the play. Uh, Tolok came coming out to the media today. 
Uh, he was just still, he just really cannot get over that, that, you know, that really unsportsmanlike play. Uh, he comes out and say, quote, I didn't have anything else to say to him. I got some other words I want to say, but I'm going to hold my tongue and keep it there, end quote. So he's still going on with this statement. He also said, when the whistle blows and somebody goes and takes out your knees, you protect yourselves at all costs. We played college ball together, played at Tennessee together. He dove at my knees. I got a family to feed. I play the game clean. I want everybody else to play the game clean and play within the whistle. So he's very upset with this. Uh, does big old Steven Tolick need to get over this whole situation? Or does he have the right to keep this you know, this media on going? I wouldn't keep it going. you got to focus on the next game. You can't let that play take your focus off the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming off a big win against the San Francisco 49ers. But... With it, with that being said, he has a right to be upset because that was a really cheap play, but he shouldn't have retaliated like that. Mm-hmm. A flag should have been thrown on the Tennessee player, but he can't retaliate like that because they're always going to catch the one who retaliates. Oh, sure. And with that, you know, as much as, yeah, someone did go to take out his legs, if you did see the play... You know, they were, you know, they were penalized 44 yards for, you know, Craig Stevens, the tight end on Tennessee, catching the ball, you know, goes to the ground and, and Tolok's helmet, you know, gets right at him. And, and Tolok even coming out to say, quote, I'll see what happens in the FedEx package, meaning league fine, in a couple of days. Do my appeals process and go from there. So, you know, he's coming out and saying, oh, you know, don't go for my knees. But yet he's got something to worry about on the other end of the spectrum. So, do you think that him going out and saying this is trying to lure people from thinking about, you know, oh, I did this bad hit on on Craig Stevens? Or do you think this is just him expressing his opinion? I really think it's him just expressing his opinion because he was fuming about it after the play happened when he retaliated. You could tell he was legitimately upset. Um, I think he prob- just the way the league has been with the fines lately, I think he should be expecting a fine for for that hit, but um, I don't think he's really trying to lure anything. Okay, fair enough. If you think otherwise, feel free to call in 517-432-3893 or feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. Again, at 89FM Sports Rap. Uh, I do want to go on and continue to close the show with our question of the, um, with our goon of the week, excuse me, question of the week. We'll get to that in just a minute. We do have a winner. Uh, But for our goon of the week, this is a pretty good goon this week, Aaron. I'm sure you've heard a couple of the goons in the past weeks, but uh, we did have Gary Bettman last week, and this week we're going to choose uh, the very famous Josh Hamilton as our goon. Uh, Josh Hamilton was out five games, five whole games. You know, this is playoff baseball. They are, you know, they are up there. They're very close to that, you know, and they're in the first place, you know, area, but they've got the LA Angels to worry about. And Josh Hamilton missing five games due to blurred vision and balance issues. But the Rangers officials, you know, they did some tests on him. And they did conclude uh, from an optometrist that Hamilton had ocular keratitis. Uh, I guess it's a drawing of the cornea due to too many energy drinks. And the team reported that he's better now. He's back in batting practice on Thursday. Uh, well, he tried actually on Thursday in Anaheim, but did not, you know, did not really succeed. He should be back coming up now. Uh, he is tied with Miguel Cabrera, you know, for 42 home runs. That's a league leading, and you know, Cabrera, of course, going for that triple crown. Uh, this could help Cabrera, you know, get 
you know, get his triple crown. It's great to see. And, you know, I'm going to make him the goon of the week because not only does it help Cabrera, but since when does a player miss five games due to an energy drink? I've never I've never heard of that before. And the the Rangers have got to just be thinking about this situation as, like, really this happens where, when we're in the hunt for the playoffs. It's almost playoff time, and this happens to right. our best hitter. Exactly. So I think, but I, but getting back with you, I do hope this does help M- Miguel Cabrera. And if Cabrera does win it, I think he needs to write Josh Hamilton a thank you note. Oh, absolutely! And what are you saying on that thank you note? Um, thank you for drinking all those energy drinks, and um, I'll send you a picture of with the trophy <laughs> a little later on. There you have it, Aaron Jordan. Very good. Uh, I do want that we have, we do have two minutes left in the show, and I do want to announce the question of the week winner. Uh, the lucky number was number two. Uh, Alex Skinner, congratulations. You did win the Peter Pitt Buck gift certificate this week. Uh, feel free to come into the station at the basement of Holden Hall to collect your gift certificate winning. Uh, congratulations, Alex Skinner. I do want to encourage all those who tweeted or called in to keep going with the question of the week. You do have the potential each week to win a future prize, so you definitely do not want to stop there. The Impact does thank Peter Pitt for their continued support of the Impact radio station. Uh, Aaron, closing off the show, uh, let's just go game by game here. Michigan State this week in Ohio State. I want to hear your pick. Hate to say it, I think I have to go with Ohio State the way the Michigan State now offense why? has been playing. Is it just the offense, or the, do you see Braxton Miller dominating that defense at all? Is it going to be more of a defensive game? It's going to be a very defensive game. Michigan State's defense has played really well. I don't. I think the Ohio State defense will be able to stop the Michigan State running game, though, and that's the issue I have. I really hope Michigan State wins it as a Michigan State fan, but mm-hmm. it's hard to make that call at this point. All right, very good. Now, Detroit Lions, they do have a tough matchup this upcoming week. Uh, who you got in that game? That's a hard one for me. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions will come out motivated after the last game, how close that came. I, right. I picked the Detroit Lions. That, no, they are playing that Minnesota team, you know, so... Uh, they do have, you know, very strong in the defense position in years past. Uh, you know, what's going to happen with Stafford out? Uh, do you see Hill doing pretty well there? The running game definitely has to improve, but I think Hill can pass well enough to where the Detroit Lions um, will miss Stafford, but not as much as people may think. All right, very good. Now, last pick. Yeah, I'm going to go off and I'll end this one. Tiger playoff berth or not, is this going to be a team that's going to make it far in the playoffs this year? Overall, end-of-the-year predictions. End-of-the-year predictions, I say the Tigers barely missed the playoffs just with the way they've been playing, and they've been playing very inconsistently. The Chicago White Sox are a winning team this year, so it'll be close. I think the Tig- the White Sox win the division by a half a game. Hey, five straight losses for the White Sox. We'll see if that keeps going, though. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, Aaron Jordan to my left. We'll be back again for another week next week. Can't wait to see what happens in the week of sports. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.